0: has become an unexpected catalyst for tech adoption globally. A recent report shows that we have vaulted five years forward in consumer and business digital adoption in a matter of around just eight weeks. This digital acceleration is being felt keenly in the financial services sector as well. During lockdown, as banks have closed branches and moved their face-to-face personal to overloaded telephone support services, reliance on digital banking and digital payments has become a fundamental into our day-to-day lives. Now, anticipations are that the fintech domain is to play a very crucial role in a post-COVID-19 world. And for that to happen, the fintech industry needs to evolve and adapt to this new scenario. So how can financial institutions do that? So today with us, we have Mr. Sean Hunter, Chief Information Officer at Oak North, which is a UK-based digital bank that focuses on lending to small and medium enterprises. Hi, Sean, how are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Priya. How are you?
0: I'm doing good too. Great. Um, So um, it seems like a very, um, um, we have not heard about Oak North before, and I'm sure that our users or listeners haven't heard of it either. So we want to know more about the company, if you can brief us about Oak North, uh, its specialization and the services it offers. Sure thing. So
1: thanks for having me on. So there are two parts of the Oak North business. We have a SaaS business, which produces the Oak North Credit Intelligence Suite. And in the UK, we have a bank, Oak North Bank, The Credit Intelligence Suite transforms commercial lending by helping banks build deeper relationships with clients and using new, using tech and so on to open new profitable opportunities and deliver much better credit decisions up to 10 times faster than traditional models with lower risk, greater efficiency. We built this software over five years uh, with an engineering and credit science team of over 250 people. And then in the UK, As a bank, we've been showing how this software platform works by lending to small and medium-sized businesses uh, and entrepreneurs.
0: Glad to know. Thank you so much for letting us uh, know about uh, Oak North. Um, So uh, initially in my introduction, I was talking about fintech and the role of technology in financial services. Um, So fintech is is no such industry that made it big overnight. Uh, The industry as we see it today is the result of uh, various technologies or innovations throughout the years, starting from the introduction of credit cards, whose aim was to reduce the burden of carrying liquid cash. And this served as a hallmark with the banking industry, shifting to digital services. A few years down the lane, we had ATMs that came into existence. And eventually, the banking sector started subscribing to more accurate record-keeping systems. Now, with so much new developments, uh, we would want to know with what mission the the company was set up. And also, if you can tell us about your journey since the inception of the company as well.
1: Sure. So, Okunwald was set up by two entrepreneurs, Joel Pellman and Rishi Kosler, in response to a problem that they had seen, which previously they ran a business which was a services business outsourcing the roles of analysts and associates to large banks, uh, investment funds, and so on. And that that business was called Copal Amber, and, and uh, there was a very large presence in India in that business. While they were building that business, um, they needed a small amount of working capital to grow that business. And they went to banks in the UK because they were based in the UK. And uh, the banks said to them, you know, no. They said they would lend them up to £100,000 backed by property. And they didn't have property to pledge because they'd been working for no money, uh, you know, trying to build their business. And then a small amount of time later, sort of 18 months later, they were working uh, with City. In the U.S., and they were working. It just so happened, City was a client, and the Special Situations Group at City was a client. And the Special Situations Group at City offered to do them a unsecured dividend recap, which is a sort of fancy type of loan, for ten million dollars. And they said, "This is crazy. The best we could get in the U.K. was hundred thousand pounds. In the U.S., we're getting offered ten million dollars because we have this special relationship with our client." and it just seems like this market is totally broken. And so eventually they sold that business, they built it up to over 3000 employees, sold it to Moody's Corporation, and it became the the sort of founding part of Moody's Knowledge Services. But they decided to address this problem of the missing middle, which are businesses which are too large for an automated decision, too large for a peer-to-peer type of lending, but too small for the big banks to take seriously. And these businesses around the world are the engine of economic growth, employment, and they struggle to get the kind of fast, flexible debt finance that they need to scale. And so they decided to found Oak North to address that particular problem.
0: Great. I think um, um, that, that with... Uh it, it, it was a very strong mission the company was set up with and we're um, glad to see um, Oak North uh, addressing certain problems or certain critical challenges that are faced in the, in the Indian average financial services industry. Um, Having said that, um, fintechs are emerging as a as a natural solution to the demand for uh, rapid digitalization. Uh, The fintech revolution um, is 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 more uh, emerged from the previous global financial crisis, with more and more companies in the fintech space trying to build on a model of agility, flexibility, and innovation in the face of uncertainty. So, um, being as a chief information officer, uh, we would we would want to know more about you. uh, What has been your role and your Your contribution towards the company as well as the overall industry.
1: Yeah, so as you say, technology has always been central to financial services, and financial companies are always trying to innovate and improve um, the services that they offer to customers, in particular by you know improving their technology. Um, And so, you know, for me personally, I've always been part of that for a long time. so I worked for a dot-com during the dot-com era, and then I went to Goldman Sachs. And at Goldman, I was working in the front office of the securities division, but as what they call a strategist, which is a quant developer. So a software developer with a particular focus on quantitative analytics and so on. And it was pretty clear that technology was really at the heart of what was making them at the time an industry leader. And that sort of got me really you know, excited about the impact that technology can have on, um, on finance. Uh, after eight years at Goldman, I left to join a software company called Palantir, which is a Silicon Valley software company specifically focused on data analysis and basically set up to help large enterprises make sense of all the data that they have, because I could see that at the heart of, you know technology on and, in and of itself is not enough. You basically need data to make good decisions. And so I could see that data was really at the center of the next revolution um, in fintech. And so that was definitely what I was interested in. And at Pantia, I focused on working with financial companies uh, on using technology to identify unauthorized trading. So when, you know, traders that are employed by the the bank sort of go rogue and and do things they're not supposed to do. And uh, that led to a joint venture called Signac, which I was co-head of. Uh, and then when that joint venture wound up, um, I came to Oak North and I came to Oak North because I met the founders and I thought they they seemed really fascinating. What they were doing seemed really important to me. Uh, and I felt like I could really, really learn a lot from them. Um, and yeah, it's been a I was the first employee after them in the SaaS platform side of the business. Um, and uh, it's been a very exciting time.
0: Quite an impressive uh, profile, Sean, and um seems, seems very uh, the profile seems very interesting. And you uh, rightly pointed out like um, how data is trying to solve a lot of problems, and your interest in data and how it can be a future asset as well. So. Um, in in the year 2020, um the global fintech investment um uh, will has shot up to a whooping of US dollar forty four billion. That was of that is like a fourteen percent rise from the previous year, that is in twenty nineteen. Now, although the USA is the largest investor in fintech globally with a contribution of around twenty two billion dollars, um due to the increased industrialization, most Asian developing countries are also becoming uh, the growing hub of fintech. Now, the primary reason behind the global acceptance and growth of FinTech is because they help the people who are otherwise unbanked to make use of the application and help them with their financial transactions. So um, since in the initial um, um uh, introduction, you mentioned that you are also talking, uh, you have teams in India as well. So mm-hmm. we would also want to know more about, you know, how um, Oak North tech, capa- tech capabilities are used in India and how also do you wish to expand your teams here in India?
1: Yeah, so I mean, the one thing that everyone knows about NDA is the tech talent is just incredible. The, the depth of, of tech talent is absolutely amazing. Um, so we have offices in Gugaram, Bengaluru, Hyderabad. They're incredibly important to our global operations. They're you know, some of our main uh, software developers, some of our main credit scientists who do the data analysis uh, coupled with credit analysis and we're continuously looking to hire top talent working in software engineering, artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, and credit analysis in India because we think that that's really core to our success on an ongoing basis.
0: Definitely, I think um, uh, when talking about India, there are a lot of opportunities and scope um, for I, I believe um, every company that uh, probably would want to expand their teams here. And um, you rightly said the talent here is is quite incredible. And um, uh, with 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 more and more technology adoption, I think uh, we need more such skill talent. Uh, because I think India is also becoming as more of an emerging power in terms of AI as well. Um, So, uh, yeah, since we're talking about technology, uh, I believe um, it is disrupting every industry and financial services is no exception. And it has a potential to save billions of dollars annually as well. Now, a lot of trends are emerging in blockchain technology and um, financial institutions are making use of smart contracts, digital payments, um, trading shares, identity management, etc. and a lot more, I believe. But in the long term, it holds the power to change the dynamics of the entire industry. So um, we would want to know uh, how Oak North is using artificial intelligence, machine learning, or any such technology uh, to help banks in other markets lend smarter, faster, and more to businesses.
1: Yeah, so we use AI and, and machine learning extensively, and it's a key enabler of the disruptive innovation that has led to the evolution of our product and services. Um, we basically, it's at the heart of the credit intelligence suite, which has been deployed by a number of leading banks, especially in the US, including Capital One, PNC, Fifth Third, SNBC, ABN AMR, uh, Customers Bank, Old National Bank, uh, NIBC, a bunch of others. And, and basically what we do with AI machine learning, we use it for a number, of, um, a number of things. So firstly, if you understand the credit analysis problem at the heart of the credit analysis, problem is comparing looking at a business and trying to decide whether or not you know lending to that business is a good idea and there are several dimensions to that so the first is looking at the sector that the business is in so if you look at a particular industry can you tell what the prospects for that industry are in the future and we use ai to help us to identify what are the main driving factors that are affecting a particular industry and produce forecasts if we can of those factors So, you know, if you've got logistics, for example, can you look at what are the things that drive the future path of costs and revenue for a logistics business? Um, Then the next problem is, okay, we feel good about the logistics sector. What about this particular business? Like, how does it compare to other similar businesses? Well, one of the things you need to address is look at what is a similar business find the, the businesses that are similar to a particular business and what a lot of banks do is they just use a sector code but the problem is sector codes firstly are are often wrong but secondly they're very very broad and they don't take into account the differences between businesses so you know a logistics business that specializes in home delivery of of you know packages is totally different from a logistics business that is doing worldwide shipping of containers right um Likewise you know a luxury hotel is very different from a, a you know a budget hotel that's specialized in you know business travel so you really need to get granular and so ai and machine learning really help us because we can find businesses that are similar to a particular business along a bunch of different dimensions not just the obvious things and uh and we do that using a learning to rank model it's a little bit like how netflix would recommend a program for you to watch based on things that you've watched in the past. Um, and then the final sort of chapter is, okay, you you happy with the comparison between this business and other similar businesses. Now, can we understand the finances of this particular business in a real large amount of depth? And the way you do that also involves some AI and machine learning to ingest the borrower's documents, to do various other things to produce warning signals and so on. So there's lots and lots of different things we use this technology for.
0: Quite impressive, Sean. Thank you for um, explaining in detail about how you've been using different technologies. Um, but uh, since you've explained uh, on the company side that um, how uh, these technologies are leveraged, uh, can you also highlight that how your clients have also benefited from uh, from uh, your platform or the services that you have offered, which uh, in which technology has played a major role?
1: Yeah, sure. So clients benefit because basically, if you talk to banks, and I've spoken to banks around the world, from the West Coast of the US to the Philippines, large banks, small banks, banks in old mature economies, banks in growing developing economies, and everywhere in between, and they all say that they find this particular segment very, very challenging to address. So these kind of fast growing businesses that you know, especially services businesses and so on, that don't necessarily have uh, hard assets that they can use to secure a loan. Um, banks find it very challenging to really address their needs properly and so um, our clients, which are banks, benefit because they're able to actually do really deep credit analysis, understand these businesses and provide them a much better service um, and the better service Means that these borrowers are able to get the debt finance they need in order to grow their businesses, which is obviously very good um, for them and very good for those businesses because they're able to, you know, let, you know, create employment and do all the things that they do to benefit the economy more broadly.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that, I think that that makes quite a lot of sense, and eventually we want. Um, um the entire world or uh, the entire banking system to be more efficient and I believe technology plays here a major role too. Definitely. Yeah. Now, um, rapid a digital transformation is, is also relevant not just for the retail side but also from an overall um, institutional uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, um, operating in a highly regulated sector pre-lockdown, uh, banks would normally allow only trading a form of a monitored desk or trading floor to allow traders to work from home a whole new model has had to be adopted with significant uh, relaxation of systems and controls. Now, these are some of the challenges um, uh, that probably the financial sector or banks and Institutions have been uh, had faced during uh, during the COVID uh, lockdown um, in 2020. So um, we would want to know how you have been able to pivot in in COVID times because since we're talking about Oaknor, which is majorly into uh, the financial sector, and um, how have you been able to uh, cope up with the situation? Yeah, it's it's been
1: it's been an interesting chance. I mean, I think one of the things that benefits us is. We have a very modern internal infrastructure. We're fully, um, you know, fully cloud-hosted and so on. So from lots of sort of technical perspectives, our people can work anywhere. There's no particular um, obstacles to that from a tech perspective. Um, but obviously, as you mentioned, there's regulatory and compliance dimensions to this. From our point of view, the things that have been most important is try to figure out How we can continue to give our clients a very good service, and so as a bank, those are the borrowers, and normally, you know, we pride ourselves on a very personal interaction with our borrowers, where we actually go meet them face to face. Um, They come into the credit committee to hear decisions and so on, and, and discuss things with us. So part of it was, as a bank, figuring out how we can continue some of that same approach, even though we can't do things face to face in the way that we would perhaps most like. Um, And then as a tech company, a big part of it is figuring out, okay, how can we best reach our clients or banks, Um, you know, and for us in lots of ways, the the COVID crisis and the lockdowns and so on have been surprising because it's actually, in many ways we've been more efficient because we haven't had to travel. Um, We've been able to do things, you know, on Zoom, which we previously would have had to travel to do. Um, and that's meant that actually, you know, we can do more meetings in a day, we can see more clients, um, and so on. And so some of the the, you know, it's not all negative, uh, the ramifications of that, but it does mean that, you know, you you have to pay extra attention to make sure that you know you're you're maintaining a good relationship with the clients and so on, because those things just require more attention um, if you're not meeting people face to face. You know, if you're able to go grab a coffee with someone, um, you get a different quality of interaction to if you're on a Zoom meeting. Um, and so, you know, obviously we welcome the gradual easing of restrictions as things improve. And uh, but it actually hasn't been as bad as perhaps we we feared it might be to start with.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think um, uh, no matter, um, like every every coin has its two sides. And mm-hmm. while we have been talking about um, the cons and the negatives of um, COVID-19, there have been some positives as well, and which you have rightfully um, uh, mentioned about it. Um, but again, you know, when you're talking about in-person meetings, in-person interactions, of course, at the level, uh, the quality of uh, interaction that we have is different than we have on zoom calls um but yeah it's all about um, um uh, balancing i believe and um sticking to the trend and uh, making sure um uh, we uh, or the company as a whole are trying to provide effective services um uh, to our clients eventually and that's what we are here for so i think i, I very much liked your point in for that matter um so um you no know, fintech companies uh, are uh, The main agenda of them is to improve the profitability and operations of traditional financial institutions. Um, So these companies can better several functions like customer registration, account management, security checks, payment processing and and, and a lot of other processes as well. uh, That usually require a human involvement as they leverage a technical expertise and inside knowledge of banking systems. Now, um, having said that, a lot more uh, fintech startups are, uh, are coming up and specializing in um, cloud computing, robotic process automation, RPA, API development, and a lot of deployments are getting lucrative and few financial institutions are already scrutinizing firms that have a sustainable business model and also a massive customer base. So we want to know how OakNorth is, is different from other, other companies uh, in the fintech space and what makes the company innovative? And are there any key partnerships and involvements done to drive the innovation?
1: Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack there. So innovation is really core to everything we do. Um, we think that, you know, a very... You know, you, you, we constantly are guided by the what we call right ambition. So the right ambition is not to just try and be personally successful, but to try and think, how can I make my customer successful? And if we can make our customers successful, we can derive our own success from that. Um, and I think that's a good way of thinking about building a sustainable business, because if we're making our customers successful, they will be uh, fine with sharing some of that success with us. Whereas if we're just trying to monetize them as much as possible, um, they will come to you know resent that, and I think um, you know that's not a good foundation for a long-term partnership, which is really what you need um, if you're going to deliver true innovation. I think um, you know one of the things that makes us different is we've because of our founders' sort of history as entrepreneurs. They've driven everything they do by being sort of profitable from day one. So as a as a bank, um, they were cash flow positive uh, after 11 months and paid back all accrued losses after 23 months. Um, so they've always run the bank as a profitable business. And, you know, we're profitable at a group level. And we think that profit is a very important bellwether because it sort of guides you to making good business decisions because you have to be sure that the market is willing to pay for your goods and services. I think a lot of fintechs have sort of focused primarily on driving their top line growth and, and sort of delivering innovation, but they haven't had that sort of market check to make sure, is what we're producing something that people are actually prepared to pay for? Um, because if it's not, you know, it's it's hard to say whether or not you actually have a long-term sustainable business. Um, and so that's that's one thing that's, I think, quite different from. Um, from many uh, other fintechs
0: yeah definitely i think that's, that's quite impressive and um eventually um we all are moving towards a revolution which is the digitization of the financial sector and banking se- institutions have always been in search of technologies that would help them improve their customer service and that's when fintech comes into play and um Further, if you talk about technology, it has also been helpful in promoting innovation and um, helping gain efficiency as well. The primary aim is to develop the financial services provided to the customers through customer experience management and to reduce the bank's dependency on branches to function. Having, having said all of this, um, the, the benefits or the uh, the uh, ultimate goal of fintech, um, Fintech is basically finance and technology, so uh, technology also is is a dominant uh, role player in this as well. So um, earlier when we spoke about uh, AI and machine learning, how it has been used at Oak Oak North. But here we also want to know that what are your views on um, technologies like AI, big data, and for that matter, automation as well, as they're impacting today's every sector and innovation, and how has the role of a leader changed over the years with the advent of these technologies? So
1: from my perspective, I think that data and technology are obviously central to everything we do these days. And everything we do is generating more and more data. And uh, you know businesses and, and so on, and governments even, everyone is trying to be driven more by what data is telling them. And I think that's a positive innovation. I think in general, um, people need to be um, aware of the consequences of that um, you know data-driven culture and make sure that data is being used to promote fairness and opportunity and so on. Um, so I think there are things that people need to be aware of. And as a leader, I think it's you know it's your responsibility to be part of that. You know, make sure that the the data innovations that you're bringing are sort of net positive for society and net positive for your team. I think from from a team perspective. And f- From my point of view as a leader, the key things that I try to do is um, I try to enable my team. I try to look at what are the things that are blocking my team, what are the things that are holding them back, and how can I as a leader um, you know, make those things essentially go away. Um, so, so, A big part of what I'm always trying to do is look at my, my team and, and try and figure out what are the things that could make them more effective, and, and help them to go faster, um, because often you know momentum solves a lot of problems. And so, for example, with clients, you know if you're developing a software product, obviously it's not going to be perfect day one, um, and you can't wait for it to be perfect before you release it. So there's always going to be features that clients want that aren't there in the product. If you've got a lot of momentum and you're delivering things fast, you know then a lot of clients will cut you, cut you a fair amount of slack because they'll go, oh well you know, the software doesn't have necessarily every single feature I might want, but they're delivering new features at a rate of, you know, uh, you know every week they're delivering new features. So therefore probably the features that I want are going to come super fast. And, and that's really important because if people feel like they, that you've got momentum, then they want to be part of that. And that has a positive, um, you know, effect like a, it's like a virtuous circle. Where you're constantly delivering new stuff, um, clients like it because the software is visibly improving. People on your team feel motivated by it because everyone wants to be part of something that's, you know, getting better. Um, and so then things just keep improving, which is which is I think very very important, you know, because this kind of momentum. If you if you lacking momentum, it can be very hard to uh, to get started.
0: Definitely, I think um, the vicious cycle that you mentioned is 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 currently now the underlying uh, in uh, the underlying component or the element that that we need um, uh, in order to make sure that we are providing new stuff to our customers and clients and making sure they're happy because um, customers today also expect up-to-date and um, newest of solutions uh, that can help them amplify their experience so uh, that's that's more of a need uh, rather than um, um expecting um, the companies to be in that um, one final question for you Sean and that would be what are your views on the future of fintech industry?
1: So I think the, the fintech industry has a very, very bright future. I think, you know, if you if you work in finance, obviously there's so much that you can see needs to be done. Um, and so I think, you know, fintech has a very bright future, but it, it's important for fintech to focus on what clients are actually, you know, what they really want and um, and how can we really help them? Um And I think, you know, fintechs do that to really focus on the customer, then they they have a very bright future.
0: Definitely looking forward to the, to the bright future, of course, and the factor underlying all technological development is the ability of human beings to adapt to change. And fintech is a result of one such human ability, which encourages innovation. So fintech and banking together have joined hands to revive the financial sector by helping shape a better future of the financial sectors by helping both the banking sectors and the customers at the same time. They also provide features that can be integrated with banking platforms with the help of various applications. So eventually, uh, overall fintech solutions uh, from digital payments and um, AI enabled services to potential new forms of digital currency that that we might see um, soon in the future are the key components of the new normal in finance. Thank you so much, Sean. It was a pleasure having you with us today and um, thank you for helping us know more about Oak North and its capabilities and services and um, also letting us know about 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 your journey and uh, what are your perspectives on different technologies and the overall fintech industry. it was it was quite an insight insightful one. Hope you, you also enjoyed having a great time uh, being on a podcast.
1: You are very very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it was really a lot of fun
0: great thank you so much uh so for our listeners um just to know that we are also on spotify and google podcast go ahead and listen to our podcast over there till then stay safe stay healthy and stay tuned for one more podcast thank you so much